listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 137, covering Homeward and Sub Rosa with Brian Lynch. Hi, friends. Hi, Brian. You're back. Hi, friend. I'm also back, as well Hi, as friend. me. Yes, you and also you are back. I think this episode broke my brain. Uh, these two episodes, the first one was... Uh, and the second one was... Uh, oh my god, it's so... Uh, yeah. I don't know if, if those of you who follow me on Twitter or Facebook or, or Tumblr might have seen that uh, I, I did a sneak preview uh, review of this episode. If not, yes. I'll, I'll link to that on the, on the website. But... Uh, that, that's a nice encapsulation. I did a nice 10-second summary of everything you need to know about this episode. Yep. In video form. Yeah. Because I didn't get the privilege of, uh, <laughs> of, of being able to summarize it the way Brian got to. That's one way to put it. <laughs> hey, you signed on for this one. I that's did. True. Well, I'll, I'll talk about why I signed yes. on for it. But we, well, I'm, we, glad to, I'm glad that you have a reason. We don't just arbitrarily hand these out to our regulars. Well, now you know. Now we know. Now good, we know. Now we know. Now we know. The good thing is, Matt, there's only one other episode that could possibly be as bad as this. Yeah. Coming up. It, and it might not even be that bad for all I know. I, I don't remember masks specifically, but uh, I know it has a reputation much like this one has. So. It's pretty That's bad. That's when majority realizes he can't get girls until he gets an enchanted mask. Right. <laughs> he sings that he is Cuban Pete. Yes. He's the king of the rumbin beat. <clears throat> or rumbin. Is it Rombin? Rombulin. That's what it is. The king of the Romulan beat. Yes. But before we get to Beverly Fucks a Ghost, which is apparently the most long-awaited episode we have done on this show. I mean, you know, if, if only for the fact that it's late in season seven. Well, no, th well, that's Or mid-season seven? Where are we? We're just past the midpoint. God, I was so worried you were going to say early season seven. <laughs> it's like when we watch an episode like this, and Matt, there's still only uh, 10 minutes elapsed. We still have 20, like 35 minutes to go. Oh. No, this is one of those we've talked about for so long that I know at least our pal Scott Zioko is really looking forward to hearing what we have to say about it, and I think a few other people as well. Yeah. Mm. Well, I remember we were all a little surprised to find out that Rascals wasn't as bad as we all thought it was. Well, that was that was mostly me. I think you never. I mean, you know, I, I didn't think it was going to be good. I, I, I enjoyed it uh, yeah. more than I expected. I, yeah. Apart from some of the later contrivances with the Ferengi, I didn't yeah. hate yep. it either. Yeah, no, no. But, uh, this is, uh, yeah, this is a thing. The, yeah, the difference is, and we'll get to this when we get to it. But uh, the, this episode completely takes itself utterly, completely seriously. The other one did not. Mm -hmm. that, no. is, that is the key difference between the two stupid premises of those episodes. <laughs> But before we get there, yeah. we have an episode called Homeward. Al, why don't you tell us about Homeward? Homeward right. Runner. <laughs> Some folks say it's a terrific episode. I do not say that. <laughs> I don't think anyone has ever said that. I folk do not say that. So, here we go. The Enterprise races to an emergency involving Worf's foster brother that he's always had, who says that he hasn't. Apparently, Nikolai Rozhenko, the family black sheep who hasn't read any of the technical manuals, is having some trouble with his anthropological mission to the... Well, I wanted to make a Ren Fair joke, but I guess it's more like a Dark Ages fair. These people are primitive and gross and miserable, and you can tell that Nikolai is their king because he hasn't got shit all over him. <laughs> yes, little Nikki has violated the Prime Directive, and he's also violated some native woman who's now carrying his primitive filth baby. 
Picard is clearly disappointed by this, but Nikolai is apparently unconcerned with the captain's approval, which pretty much makes him a superhuman as far as I can tell. He can also outsmart everyone on the ship, hack all the computers, and lock everyone else out of vital systems, which he does as he proceeds to beam his entire adopted village onto the Enterprise holodeck before the planet is destroyed by whatever inverse tachyon bullshit we're dealing with this week. Because he was in Starfleet for like 10 minutes, Nikolai argues that the ends justify the means, and can't they just continue to fool the villagers into thinking they're still on their planet until we can find another identical planet for them to live on? Sure, that sounds entirely reasonable. Let's do that, is what Picard would never, ever say, and yet... The captain orders Worf to keep an eye on his stupid brother to make sure he doesn't cause any more trouble, but honestly, and I thought about this for a while, I can't really think of a way that a Federation anthropologist could fuck things up worse than this guy already has. Anyway, one villager just wanders off the holodeck, because why the hell not, and finds his way into 10 forward. Since Guinan's not there to calm him down, he ends up not being able to take the pressure and kills himself. Finally, the Enterprise arrives at Jim Bacchus 6, where the newly Christian Magoo people will live out the rest of their lives with Nikolai. So, to summarize the summary, a primitive people have been transplanted from one planet to another, and a 24th century Federation citizen will continue to live among them, pretending to be one of them. To summarize the summary of the summary, Worf's brother is the biggest menace to the Prime Directive since a certain somebody Tiberius what's-his-name. Also, apologies to Douglas Adams for the summary of the summary of the summary. That's a hitchhiker's joke. One word sticks out of my head with this episode, and that is contrived. Yeah. That sounds about right. Everything that happens in Everything just happens to go this way. Just so we can tell this story, which was not particularly interesting to begin with. And a bunch no. of stuff that happens that is stupid, we don't even get to see it happening. Oh, when did they? you beam them all up? Oh, while they were sleeping. Yeah, yeah that didn't cause any so, confusion. So, well, all of them were sleeping. You didn't have, like, a watchman or anything? One no, guy with indigestion or, yeah, nothing. That, was, this is actually that dude my wasn't thing sitting up working on his wooden scroll? <laughs> the, the, the Chronicle. Is that what it was called? It was the, the Chronicle, chronicle of Riddick. His Chronicle. Yes. His Chronicle of Narnia. Right. That was, this is actually my bad thing that all the, all these contrivances, all the things that have to line up for the story to happen, that him just being able to use the transporter on 20 people or whatever it is without anyone noticing, him being able to steal the holodeck, lock everyone out of it, but also not lock the guy out who ends up having to leave and kill himself. Yeah. Just, ah. Uh. We, we joked while watching it that um, the, uh, Paul Sorvino, for those that know mm-hmm. him, the character actor Paul Sorvino plays uh, Worf's brother, and... Um, he looks like a bit of a cross between Jonathan Winters and Nathan Lane. And so right, we yep. had a few jokes about that. But the thing is, Jonathan Winters and Nathan Lane are very good at playing con artists. Mm-hmm. That's like their stock and trade. If it was one of them, I would not have as much trouble believing that he could do that. If somebody like that, like some sort of fast-talking, you know, an outrageous O'Connor type. <laughs> yeah. Um, would, well, that guy's uh, just outrageous. I know. He's he's a legend. Uh I would believe that they could, you know, sort of smooth talk their way into, uh, you know, using these or come up with some clever trick. But this guy, I just, I didn't. No, they well, he just doesn't it, smooth talk anything. No, no the thing is, he's not a, like he's not a con artist at all. He just he's just whole a guy deal doing is just stuff. Yeah, he, he just, just hopes things will work out. He does what he wants and then sort of folds his arm in defiance and said, okay, do something about it, Picard. He doesn't, I won't apologize. He, doesn't nope. seem he says like that a like 18 times in this episode. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't. There you go. Nope. Uh, but he, he doesn't seem like the black sheep of the family, like the charming rogue. He seems like the black sheep, like nobody likes to invite this guy over because he's a dick. Yeah, <laughs> bit of a dick. And he just shows up, does whatever the fuck he wants. And let's be clear, he saved a village of... 
probably 20 people at yeah. best, let's say mm-hmm. 50, like they did the trick where we can't see everyone on screen because they don't have enough actors. Yeah. But a village of this entire planet that got destroyed. So how do you really even justify going through all this bullshit when you let millions of other people just die? Well, well according to this, this ep- village had the girl he was banging in it. Yeah, that's that's the key. Um, according to this episode, you could probably fit like 10 or 20 million people on the holodeck, so. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> this is one of those episodes where you really, you know, we, we've said it a million times. We don't want to be the, the show that nitpicks the hell out of how all this stuff works. It doesn't matter but that sometimes much, but... it really invites it. <laughs> yeah, when the when the premise of the episode itself sort of is about using the holodeck to trick these people, then you start thinking, okay, how does that work then? How would this uh, how would this logically work? And it doesn't at all. Right, when the no. episode is we're using the holodeck in this way, it forces us to think about the ways you can use the holodeck. Right. The, like, there's a part where um, the dude who is in charge of their chronicle mm-hmm. apparently loses it because he's not very good at being in charge <laughs> of the chronicle. Right, he had one so he, job. So he, go, he goes back to look for it. And that doesn't make, like, he goes back, like... Yep. Like, he shouldn't Several be able to miles. keep walking away from them. And no, they're all and in a room that's, yeah. that's how big, I mean, how big would you say that it is? Not ter- you A little know, smaller than, like, a gymnasium? Something. Yeah, if it's, right. like, and the biggest holodeck, it's, like, you know, about the size of a gym, let's say. Right. Yeah. And and as has been explained to us, most of the, when you think you're walking along, it's uh, treadmills and, like, a projected background. Like, a, like, like you're driving a car in an old movie. Yeah. The background is scrolling behind you, so it looks like you're moving, but you're not. So first of all, I doubt these people who have lived on that planet, obviously, for their entire lives would be fooled by that. Mm-hmm. But putting that aside, like, just that all the details would be absolutely perfect, that everything would be in perfect, you know, resolution, and the smells would be right, and, like, you know, the, the, the taste of the air, like, all the tiny little things that make a place a place. Yeah. See, this is part of my bad thing. Like, like this episode, the only reason this episode works is because these people are incredibly stupid. Okay. Yes. Like, amazingly, shockingly stupid. Everything... They are are about Dark Ages level, let's be clear. Even for, like, even people for the Dark Ages had common sense. They wouldn't believe some random dad that turned up and said he was a seer. Yeah! Like, fucking Worf's brother shows up. First of all, Worf's brother's been there for, like, I don't know, a couple of months or something. Well, long enough to get some, to meet someone, fall in love with her, knock her up. Yeah. But then, like, Worf's brother shows up out of nowhere, looking nothing like him. Yeah. And Worf's brother's just like, oh, this is my brother Worf. He's a seer, which will cover any questions you guys might have about any of the weird shit we get up to. That's a thing you guys yeah. have, right? Seers? I, ho- I sure hope so. I haven't really uh, studied your uh, religions or anything. But What are uh, those weird electric lines that are all over the place? Oh, it's a uh, I'm a seer. That's an omen, right, Seer? No, uh, yeah. That's, that's actually, uh, that's, that's my quote. It was the only sort of kind of funny, clever line in here yeah. when, when he tries to cover for the, the holodeck suddenly appearing. Do not worry. It is an omen. What does it mean? It is the sign of LaForge. It is a message to travelers. It is said when these lines appear and disappear in a pool of water, the road ahead will be filled with good fortune. Which I found kind of amusing, <laughs> mostly because, as, as you point out here, Matt, uh, Worf, not the best liar in the world. Oh, no, okay, that's not amazing exactly known for his Worf. smooth tongue. And, uh, you know, just, they called him a silver tongue because he was such a great uh, orator. <laughs> 
I could picture maybe Riker pulling off something like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, because we've seen him bluff his way through things by saying he's from the Starship Lollipop, for instance. Yeah, the the trouble is, if Riker went there, then there would be three more pregnant girls by the time they were done. (laughs) Well, yes, but he wouldn't have stuck around. Hey, when that baby's born, if that guy just got, like, surgically altered so he looked like he had their funny nose bumps, is that baby going to have, like, a smaller than normal nose bump because of its human genetics? It's okay. Interesting point. (laughs) Our child will be a seer. Obviously, this is a sign. It's the sign of Paul Sorvino. It's the sign that we should have sex again. That's like a sign, a lot. All right? Going out of business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, there's too many questions. Uh, th- this was the, Michael Dorden doesn't feel like dressing fully up as Worf this week, so let's <laughs> just give him some well, half-assed sort of. nose makeup. Yeah. That was, that was well, my, my bad thing was... Okay. You know, we always have the, the actors always get a chance to, you know, take off their makeup and, uh, you know, sure. uh, Brent Spiner playing uh, a little Noonie and Soong and all that. Um, sure. But uh, uh, Michael Doran getting his chance to go makeupless and let his face actually get out there on TV for once, he still has mm-hmm. to wear a nose bump, just a different shape than his usual nose bump. Yeah, right. And he covers yeah, up he his uh, forehead. On. He covers up his forehead with that big goofy hat. The first time I saw this when I was a kid. I didn't even notice the nose was different. I thought he was wearing the hat to cover his forehead, and I was more distracted by the fact that his mustache was uh, changed. Haven't they done that trick before where he goes to a planet and he'll, like, wear something on top of his head to cover up? That's what he does in the uh, Trials and Tribulations. Yeah, I think he he did it once before also, when they just didn't want to, like, draw attention. Right, that's what I thought. And that way, so yeah, Dorn doesn't technically have to put the makeup on, but you don't have to. The whole surgically altered to look like an alien thing is just so common now. It's yeah. so weird. It was it was such a big deal. Like, I'm trying to think of, um, it was the Enterprise incident, right? Where Kirk was surgically altered to look like a Romulan. Oh, yeah, it was a huge like deal when they uh, had him surgically altered to be a Romulan. Right. Yeah, now mind you, we're 75, 80 years beyond that. Mm-hmm. But it still just feels like it should be a huge deal to me. I... Like, you know, you're... Change in your appearance. Yeah, on the one hand, yes. And on the other hand, I kind of like that it is such an easy procedure now. Because yeah. Because it really well, does true. show the movement of technology, which you don't always mm-hmm. get in sci-fi. That's a that's a good and point. Fantasy, and you do have like, that it tends to like, stagnate at a level. Like, I can't be the only person that watched Lord of the Rings and wondered how, in 5,000 years, they had gone from early Middle Ages to late Middle Ages in terms of technology. Well, that was always my problem with Star Wars. Is Star that, Wars, yeah. Know, that tracks thousands upon thousands of years and nothing has ever changed. Well, that's not true. Everything in the prequels was all shiny and everything in the uh, <laughs> in the original trilogy was all beat up and dirty. So things got dirty in thirty years. Well, it was it was it was the just years. just it was just the fashion of the time. You know, they like to have their hair longer and uh, uh, right. and they like to have things look dirty. Yes, it was it was the the uh, four billion and seventies. <laughs> Which, you know, the the fashion was uh, sideburns and the uh, longer hair. Yeah. Of course. Now, um, and I, I you do have that advantage with Star Trek because you are jumping ahead into the future. So you have, you know, more stable transporters. You have instead of a, a whatever, however the hell they got food, which I was never really clear on, you got the replicators. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they have done that somewhat. Yeah. I always thought they had replicators in the original series. They just didn't replicate food. They replicated those little cubes. Stuff you could eat. <laughs> Yeah, the red celery and the uh, and the cubes. Yeah, this isn't food, but it will keep you alive. The, if you the eat little it. pastel tiles. <coughs> See, they called them food dispensers or something along those lines, which made me just think they were basically just dumb waiters. Because <laughs> because in Star Trek Six, yeah, in Star Trek Six, we saw that there's a there's a kitchen, like there are actually chefs cooking. Yeah. 
And I just assumed that the original Enterprise in the series was like that as well. And then they would just shoot it through like pneumatic tubes or whatever. And I'd be fine with that. Dispensers. I would yeah. love to see a future where everything is powered by pneumatic tubes. We were promised that future. I don't care about, you know, rocket cars and, and jetpacks or whatever. I want my pneumatic tubes. Yes. Like in the, like in the Alec Baldwin Shadow movie. Yes, so that's tw- exactly. That's twice that movie's come up today. I watched it last weekend, unfortunately. And, uh, what do you mean, unfortunately? The one thing Matt pointed awesome. out to Not me as good was as that uh, his nose gets huge when he turns into the shadow. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they show that when Peter Boyle's looking in his uh, mirror and uh, he sees right, regular Alec Baldwin the... and then the shadow and Alec Baldwin with freaky, hideous makeup on. And then right. he puts on his little bandana. Right. And his giant nose. And in the future, he could just be surgically altered. Yeah. <laughs> Or in the next episode, which is actually one of the tiny little not terrible things, uh, Beverly apparently has her uh, eyes. Oh, yeah, because when, when uh, she gets possessed by the ghost. See, I thought that was because she was being ghosted. It is, because uh, Grandma Howard had the same eyes. and But then when yeah. Picard goes down, it's like, oh, you changed your eye color. It looks nice on you. Oh, see, I thought she was doing that to attract the ghost. Oh, listen, let's not talk I about that until we have to. I don't think you need to attract to. a ghost that's been fucking your family for 600 let's years. Let's not talk mm. about that until we have to. Well, this one's boring. That's the problem. Yeah, actually, this one's boring than the other we, ones. We might have actually... Uh, hmm? Oh, I, I didn't say my good thing. Oh, no, we're not yeah. We're not finished yet. We yeah. still have a few, other, <laughs> yeah. a few other points to make. Well, what is your good thing? Well, my good thing is, is incredibly dumb, but... Uh, I, this is an episode that I remember very strongly as a child, from as a child, watching it the first time, because Flonk used to laugh really, really hard at Worst Brother saying, then so be it, which he thought was just a hilarious phrase. <laughs> um, but well, if you've never heard it before and you're a kid, it I sounds really that. weird, yeah. But I'm yeah. making that emblematic of my whole life. I have a little bit of, like, I don't like any of these episodes, but I do have mm-hmm. a lot of season seven nostalgia, because that was the... That was the season that I like that I watched start to finish. So you were uh, yeah. what eight or nine years old? I was, old I was nine, time, yeah, like and uh, yeah. like I had watched a bunch of like the syndicated episodes and stuff. But this was when I was like, yeah, I was, I was getting, and my, you know, my parents you were, were watching it live, and you were seeing watching, the new episodes. Exactly, yeah. this was the episodes I was seeing, like, like not just like the Sunday morning, you know, syndicated reruns on WPIX right. or mm-hmm. whatever. This was mm-hmm. like I was watching Star Trek. So this your good thing, show. your good thing. So is my you good have thing a good is basically. When I watch a season seven episode, I remember being a child and liking Star Trek. That's, I, in a way, like that's kind of sad. In another way, it's like, wow, you had a you had a lot of up to go. And then when I, when when this ended, the Voyager started right away. Um, I never watched mm. Deep Space Nine when it was on originally. I would catch an episode here or there, but I just started watching Voyager religiously. Right. Never missed an episode. Wow. Mm. So yeah, you really had so a lot. So I up had to nowhere go. to go but up. It turns out. Right. If you don't know any better, this stuff's not terrible. Mm-hmm. Possibly, it, it's <laughs> it's still pretty terrible. Let me say, if, be if any of our again. listeners are nine year old children who don't know any better, if any of our listeners are nine year old children, you probably should not continue to listen when we talk about Beverly uh, blanks a ghost has special grown up hugs. Yes. If any of our listeners are eight year old children, I'm so fucking sorry. I. Uh... <laughs> We had, didn't we have, I think, at least one child uh, come to our panel, like, because we gave them the warning, mm-hmm. and the, the, they, they stuck around, anyway. as I recall, and they weren't, they weren't upset. I yep. occasionally, one of my students will mention having seen, like, a movie or something, they'll be like, really? Your parents let you? Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Usually horror movies. I, you know, your parents, we, your parents, we talk your about... Your parents let you see Straw Dogs? 
Not really. That didn't actually happen. That was that was okay. a joke. <laughs> we, I mean, we we talk about some awful things here, but really, we're all we're we're just nine year old children anyway. <laughs> More or less. We just we just have the advantage of a of a of an awful vocabulary for being older. Is all. We can say you know Beverly fucks a ghost instead of Beverly humps a ghost or whatever. <laughs> I mean, she probably uh, does as, that too. Uh, as, uh, as Worf uh, accidentally oh, said right. in this episode, Beverly makes it with a ghost. <laughs> Well, it's it's very it's very easy to hear when someone said, "I can't believe you made it with that woman." Mated, very mated. Much, Please yes. pronounce that word because otherwise it sounds like <laughs> you made, made it, it with a, a ghost. Well, they're brothers. <laughs> they're talking. They're they're falling back to the way they talked to each other when they were you know ten or. Whatever. I can't believe you totally scored, bro. <laughs> High five. Okay, let's let's talk about that for a minute. The fact that Worf's brother had sex with and impregnated a. And I, I say dark ages because that's that feels about right. It feels yeah. about they're on the level of they they haven't had their renaissance yet. They're still you know living in tents and they're mm-hmm. still carrying their water around and they're still you know like it feels very sort of I don't know thirteen hundreds or something. Yeah. So like they're doing better than cave people, but yes, <laughs> no, but they are barely. cave people. They're yeah, going they backwards. Do, they lived in caves. That's true. Um, but he has he has sex with this woman. Doesn't that seem? I mean, it's not bestiality, but it's really like one or two steps above that. I mean, she's humanoid. Yeah, it's like doing it with a caveman, cave, cave yeah. woman, cave person. Yeah, like I don't want to fuck a Neanderthal. It's just very it feels much gross. <laughs> yeah. What you, you you read too much National Geographic when you were a kid? That's the problem. Perhaps I did. <laughs> like if you're at like you're such a level beyond them, it seems exploitative. Is what it is. It it does. It, it seems really like, does. and I believe you know that he's like you know has feelings for her and everything, but. If he's at such a life, he knows what's out there in space. If he grew up on a different planet, it seems like yeah. he's exploiting her culture. His job is to observe and learn about cultures. Right. That's like his job for the Federation. Yeah. Yep. So it's so like obviously he can't be impartial for one thing. Yeah. But no. For and another so like, thing. Yeah. He... Oh yeah, he studied their culture, and that's how he knows all about them. But that's it's weird. It's like he's he's having weird anthropological sex, and it's hard to make it seem it feels... like genuine. It made me yeah. really uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Like in a way that I was surprised the show even did. It felt that it felt that creepy like, to me. That, basically, well, imagine is, like, like the a, show itself doesn't remark on it at all. Imagine yeah, well, like you know is, a National Geographic photographer going to the you know Amazon basin uh, right. to to learn about uh, the the tribal people there, and he winds up having sex with one of them. And like yeah, like he yeah, hooks like, up with one of the uncontacted tribes or something. It absolutely right. could be genuine. It could be real feelings on his part. I mean, it probably is, but there's still an element of it that's like, yeah, you can't be thinking about this the same way that she is, and she can't be thinking yeah. about this the same way you are. There's no right. possible way that you two are going to be approaching this on the same level. Well, yeah. and then and, and, and then there's the whole level of he's obviously lying to her because yeah, he's she been, thinks, he will be well, lying he's to her. Brown, that's right. For at the least rest in, of his yeah. life, at least in my scenario, she'll know that this guy's you know there's something weird about him. Right, but no, in this then there's that extra level of you know I have this information that she doesn't have, and that's mm-hmm. not cool. Yeah. Also, she was played by the chick who would go on to play uh, Ben Cisco's uh, girlfriend, Cassidy Yates, yes. in. Uh, Deep Space Nine, the in a, in an ensemble of amazing twenty to thirty great actors, she's the one dud in that cast, mm-hmm. and she shows up in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know that's going to happen. What are you going to do? Um, they did some location shooting. They did, which I liked. Which was, but then their final nice, settlement then, was in the worst fake planet ever. 
Uh, it looked like, Matt, you said it looked like the planet from the Apple. Yeah, it did. That was that was about right. Yeah. Beam them to the Apple planet. Watch out for exploding rocks. <laughs> Actually, don't. Yeah. You know what? Fine. Whatever. You're whatever. You're all going to die shit. of massive inbreeding diseases within three generations anyway. Yeah, because let's say let's say there's twenty people or even fifty people. That that's not enough. That is just yeah. not. And you've now introduced some sort of weird alien DNA in there. For all we know, yep. the kid is going to be sterile. Mm-hmm. Going to have smallpox. Right. Oh God. <laughs> There's that whole thing, too. I don't buy for a second that Worf's brother sticks to one woman, either. Well, probably not. Don't tell him what to do. (laughs) Then so be it! (laughs) (laughs) Matt, what's your good thing? I felt... I felt really bad for the dude that ends up stumbling onto the actual Enterprise. Mm. Like, in an otherwise incredibly... Like, in otherwise... Stupid episode. I feel so awful for this poor dumb bastard who just happens to trip over a door yep. and then have his entire life ruined. Yep. No, and I, I was saying this episode would have been a lot less boring if it had been mostly from his perspective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Plot. Well, like the thing is, I don't give a shit about Worf's stupid brother, but I felt bad for this poor guy. Yeah. Yep. You know? It would, it would have felt a little too much like Who Watches the Watchers, I think, because we yeah. already had that story, but it still who cares been... about the Watchers. <laughs> It still would have been more interesting than than watching, yeah, watching a relationship we've never seen before and mm-hmm. we'll never see again. And that's that's the thing that always gets me is it's hard for me to have anything invested in a this relationship is in crisis story when I've never heard of this person before. Yeah, he'll show up if at the family reunion with Data's mom and Deanna's dead sister. Well, right. I mean, that's what this entire season has been about. Picard's long lost son is still coming up. Yep, just a lot of lot of this. As played by Merritt Buttrick. <laughs> with a sweater tied around his neck. I also, I gotta say, Nikolai's stupid plan is so goddamn fucking dumb it's not that a I good can't plan. help but respect it. See, oddly enough, that was my good thing. I actually think under all that nonsense, it's kind of a cool idea to use the holodeck like that. Oh, it's a, it's a cool idea, but it's not a good plan. Okay, fair enough. You can have a good idea like, and not build a good plan around it. It's like I'm going to tr- I'm going to kidnap these people onto the ship. Mm-hmm. No one's going to find out about it until it's too late, and they won't have any choice but to do what I say. No, the the sneaking around part is is awful. Sure. I guess what I liked was the just the general idea. If this had been a planned thing where they had a whole team of people, and they worked really hard to make the holodeck, you know, convincing and like mm. I just I like the idea of transplanting people and them not knowing it, like doing. It's that sort of Arthur C. Clarke uh, parent civilization kind yeah. of like we're guiding these people, but we don't want them to know we're guiding them kind of thing. Like there's mm. there's the kernel of a good uh, uh, sci-fi idea in there, but it's all buried under this nonsense. But I mean, like there's a there's a moment where Jordy's telling the captain, well, you know, the the tra- the holodeck can't run for this long or whatever. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're, you're going to have to be aware that like they're going to realize they're in a holodeck and – Card's like, well, what do we do? And Worf's brother's just like, well, we should probably hope that doesn't happen then. Yep, that's a good plan. And Picard's like, well, very well, make it so. <laughs> yeah. I want you all to hope as hard as you possibly can. And then, now everyone applaud. Hope in, <laughs> hope in one hand and shit in the other, and we'll see what feels up first. No, no, you gotta go back to season one, Picard, for that merit in the other hand. <laughs> Captain, the Enterprise is filling with shit. <laughs> Damn. Stop and taking everything I say left. literally. I'll just Stop. look into this giant grain thing. <laughs> Stop acting out of character, then. <laughs> <laughs> no, not until after the next episode is done. Uh, that's uh, 
That is all of my things. Have you guys said your good and bad things? I, yes, uh, I did. Yes. Any any further business? A good Just thing is I like this episode here. when I was stupider. <laughs> I did, Nine-year-old Brian I liked, liked this I, episode. Because I, I remember really... this episode. I liked the, uh, the the guy coming out of the, the caves and seeing... The, like, that was mind-blowing sci-fi adventure for no, me. And now that I'm older, and I'm like... like I said, no, that's a, kind of a, cool a lame cliche, which could have been good, but wasn't. Eh, like I said, if, the, if more of the episode had been about that, I think it could have been good. You you definitely seized on the the one interesting plot thread of the episode there. Oh yeah, that's that that's the two things I remember. That dude coming out and seeing the hallway, and then so be it. And the mustache, and, so be it. and worse, <laughs> worse you fake and mustache. You, Why did they have to change the, it? Did the makeup people just forget to bring it to the location, and they had to like improvise something? I <laughs> like forgetting to bring someone's mustache. <laughs> That happens to me all the time. I bring my beard, I forget my mustache. Warp, listen, you have to know, in this culture, it's very important. Seers have full mustaches. <laughs> I'm a seer. Well, that explains like everything, that he then. just unwound his little uh, Fu Manchu side things and then combed them over the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was all just uh, just clever styling, is all. Mr. Mott. Yes. Styling the Plus mustache. Barber and Starfleet. All right. Uh, any, any further? No, business? I think that's it. I think we gotta bite this bullet. Uh, all right. Well, here's here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Flunk was on last week. He was on for the only two good episodes we have in a row. He's been talking to us on Twitter about how he thinks we're being a bit unfair to season seven. How he thinks that it's not as bad as we think it is. He's full of we're, shit. we're given we're, we're given <laughs> these things D's and F's, and he says they're B's and C's. And I do not think that that is the case at all. But that said. Um, Put it this way, if if he disagrees with us on Sub Rosa, then he is way not lined up with the rest of us, because uh, I'm pretty sure the main consensus on this episode is not. Well, I mean, if there's one thing I know about Flunk, it's that he loves romance novels. <laughs> well, he just, he seems to be, I think it's because he's in the middle of watching Voyager, he might be grading on a curve. <laughs> but because because we have this core, you know, these, these regular guests we have once per season, we got Brian and Flunk, uh, Gav, Bob, Kim, and Amanda. Yes. Those the, these are the people that I listen to generally as far as like maybe I was wrong about this. I'm I'm interested to hear, you know, an alternate viewpoint or whatever. Like these are the these are the people these are our good friends who are into Star Trek as much as we are and that's why we have them on regularly and and I'm interested in hearing what they have to say. So maybe we're wrong, but in this case no. All right, Brian. All right. Tell us about Sub Rosa, please. Sub Rosa, which means, for some reason, under the rose. <laughs> it's Latin for under the rose. Ladies and gentlemen, you know how I operate. When I come here, it's usually for the silly episodes, your captain's holidays, your fists full of data, your Q's pid. <laughs> I thought this would be the same. I, I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> okay, well. We open at a funeral where Picard, Troy, and Crusher are wearing their dress uniforms and everyone else is in, well, I think it's supposed to be traditional Scottish clothes, also known as everyone dresses like Downton Abbey with plaid Mayor Quimby Quimby sashes. It's the funeral of Nana Crusher, as it turns out. (laughs) She lived on this weird Scottish Amish colony where she was a healer? Really? A healer? Did they not have doctors in the 1800s? Or was she some sort of weird homeopath quack and... Bever's shame of that is what led her to become a real doctor. I don't know. As the funeral winds down, she sees a handsome Jeremy Irons in Brideshead Revisited-looking guy throw a rose on the coffin before it descends. Was that was that supposed to be mysterious? The music seems to think it is. Why are we going to the opening credits? Was that a cliffhanger? 
Back in Nana Howard's old cottage, Bever goes through the various props that will become important in the episode. To wit, her Nana's erotic journals and an old candle. The local groundskeeper, who is the only Scottish person around the place, is very concerned about the candle and wants Bever to leave because the hoose is haunted. <laughs> this sounds incredibly stupid to Bever, and to be fair, it is. That night on the Enterprise, Bever falls asleep reading about Nana's 30-year-old lover, the implausibly named Ronin. That night, an invisible person undresses her, and I start feeling icky. The next day, she tells Picard and Indiana all of her erotic adventures, and they start feeling icky. Actually, Picard's kind of into it. Now that's icky. <laughs> Back in Brigadoon now, Bever encounters groundskeeper Willie, who once again tells her that she's doomed. Doomed! But Bever won't stand for anyone telling her what she can't do, because it's her hoose <laughs> now, and her candle too. But when she returns, <gasps> her house is full of flowers, and the mirrors are rattling, and there's a spooky voice. It's a g-g-g-ghost! And he's Nana's mystery lover. He reveals that he was born on Earth in 16 bumblebee something, and has been <laughs> fucking the Howard women all through the years. Bever sits in a chair, and, uh, now we know. Now we know. <laughs> now we know. That was for me, thank you. Awkward cut to Bever and Troy talking about Bever's new lover. Troy works out that she's talking about Ronan and tells her that fucking her dead grandma's little gigolo friend is a shitty idea, and she doesn't even know he's a ghost. Meanwhile, groundskeeper Willie is messing with the colony's weather computers for reasons that I completely forgot, despite having watched them 15 minutes ago. I think the ghost lives inside weather? <laughs> Proving that not all fat mustachioed Scotchmen are good with machines, he gets a zap and dies. Ronan, now taking the physical form of pretty okay character actor Duncan Rager, comes back to the ship with Bever, where she lights the magic candle, and he literally goes inside of her. No! This makes her decide to quit Starfleet and go live in the Scotch Mist, which confuses Picard. Hey, buddy, maybe if you gave her some orgasms, too, she'd be staying. Fuck, 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 okay, I can't do this, I can't do this. Look, the dude's a ghost. He's a ghost. He's a fucking ghost. That doesn't make any sense. And they try to explain it. There's a whole bullshit explanation of anaphasic energy, and then Picard goes and yells at Ronan, and the, the candle is made out of magic space goo, and Jordy and Data have to spend a night in a haunted graveyard, and Nana Howard is a zombie, and I don't care. I don't care. The summary is too long already, and the fucking plot is all crammed into the last seven minutes, and it's stupid. I hate it. I hate it. Anaphasic. Ascot. McFly. Nana Howard. Family Channel Zorro. Beffer's Cleavage. I miss Dr. Pulaski. Bever shoots a candle with a phaser. Why? 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 No, 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 no! I think we broke Ryan. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. Let's just, let's, let's talk it out. Let's talk it out. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> where, where? Where to even begin? I, I don't. You covered all the salient points. I'll give you that for for giving up. You really you you made a you made a game run on it before you. Uh, the the trouble is that caved. there's there's so little that happens for the first half hour, but there's so much so little that happens. Okay, here's it's here's all the very setup setup setup. Here's the first thing. Well, that's that's Braga for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Setup setup. Here's a thing I wanted to see happen. Here's the stupid explanation for it, and of course it's got his stink all over it. Oh this my is, god, does it ever. Whereas Parallels I can't last week we complimented like, him last week. Well that was that yeah, was it. That was Braga's Well that was my that was my done thing. well. And this is this is yeah. Yeah. This is the mirror opposite of Parallels. It has everything a Braga story has, but in the worst possible way. <sighs> this is literally 
the worst episode of any Star Trek I have ever seen. It's worse than Shades of Grey. It's worse than The Apple. It's worse than Plato's Stepchildren. It's that bad. Ugh. No episode of Star Trek ever in the history of anything should have the phrase Nana's Cottage. For the love of Christ. <laughs> it's a space show about adventures in space, not there's nothing ghosts. more. There's, there's nothing more science fiction than Nana's Cottage. Nana's Cottage. <laughs> Sci-fi adventure. <laughs> the Haunted Candle. Uh, I can't deal with that. The haunted candle. The haunted candle. Can I say oh, something? You think that's one How? of my stupid exaggerations? It's a haunted no, it candle is. for real. He lives on the candle. He lives on the flame of the candle. No. He, how? How has that candle been passed down through their family for generations? Wouldn't it melt? You would think that's one of the uh, defining characteristics of a candle. Makes me so angry. And how has Don't he been even... having sex with the Howard women through generations? These are very clearly highly conservative. You know, it's a planet full of Presbyterians. <laughs> she would change her name yeah, when she they got married. moved to Scotland planet, for Christ's sake. They I can't think, be that interested. I think if that's your only problem with this episode. That's not. That's one of a thousand problems. They, they, they all take turns bubbling to the surface. This... This Scottish planet, where, as you point out, there's one guy with a Scottish accent. One guy with a boy. Does he make up for it? He's got like five Scottish accents. His Scottish <laughs> accent puts Doohan's Scotty, uh, shitty well, Scottish accent to shame. Yeah, but uh, come on. And he looks so like does Scrooge McDuck. And he looks like Ken Mars. I'm not sure who that is. It's uh, he was um, <laughs> well, the, uh, the the Nazi and uh, the producers, and ah, uh, he yes, was uh, okay. he's the 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 boss of uh, on uh, Malcolm in the Middle, the the ranch guy. But there you I go, gotcha. that's the, he looks like Very, him, uh... and the way that guy did a German accent, by just going mm -hmm. at it full-blown and putting on every single stereotypical affectation he could, that's how this guy does a Scottish accent. Yeah. Well, it's still better than Dewan's, though. Honestly, him, him yelling about the haunted, that the haunted hoose was uh, almost, oh God, yeah. uh, almost my quote. touch that. Yeah. Candle. Candle. I won't be responsible for what happens if you stay in this haunted hoose with this haunted candle. <laughs> A haunted candle. Star Trek, everyone. Thrilling sci-fi action as you like it. Oh my ah. god. Okay. All right. How about this? Matt. I can give you a good thing. Oh. Okay. Like go ahead. a good thing that I, I I actually do feel when I when I signed up for this. Um. Uh. As we've mentioned, you know the uh, the regulars, we uh, get a list of episodes and we we sign up for which ones we want. Yeah, um, and it's basically first come, first serve, and, and mm. you know... I thought you, of a bunch, and like I said, I, remember, I thought this episode would turn out to be sort of pleasantly goofy and not just horrible. Um, mm -hmm. It takes itself too seriously yeah, exactly. is the problem, whereas, you know, an episode like Rascals has a stupid premise, it knows it, and it just winks at you the whole time. But when I, when I signed up for it, what I wrote was, uh, I'll take this one, but if any ladies would like to take it, I'll gladly give up, because it's a ladies episode for ladies. Oh. And I was joking, but... It's clearly like that's like the target audience, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think if they wanted to shoot for an episode that would speak to their female viewers, that would be fine. And listen, if My Little Pony has taught us anything, it's that if you make something for a certain audience and it's good enough, other audiences will enjoy it and embrace it. Here's so here's their my... instinct was good, but it, it was just done so badly. Here's my here's my wacky, crazy theory. Mm -hmm. Which, which I know is is so you know completely bonkers and out there that 
men and women generally would like to watch the same thing if it's well made. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If you Does, make like making a girl story is just pandering to what a certain. Uh, I don't. I don't need to tell no, you. No, no. But that's you exactly it. It's, that's the thing is that if they were like. We're going to make an episode based on some ideas that we think uh, our woman audience would respond to, and we're going to make a good episode, and it'll be good, as opposed That's to what just they did here. In its own well, way. no, no, because yeah. it is, but it's like you know, there's nothing wrong with targeting a little or setting up a demographic. Like, here's an no, episode you, for action do. movie fans or whatever. You know, um, no, what the you wounded, should do is have strong female characters well, in yeah, the show. Would, the wounded, I think, was an Star episode Trek for stories. with a very sort of male sensibility, with like you know the the honor and the the father figure and like that kind of stuff. And that's good. And there's the plan. You know, the the Full Monty is a movie that's intended for guys. Uh, yeah, but but I still women think like it because I, it's good. I think if you're going for a broad appeal show, mm-hmm. you write good characters of you know oh, yeah, no, good that, male and good female characters. Obviously, yeah, that yeah. should have been step one. Yes, but, but the, like I'm saying, like, like the, Beverly's terrible in this episode. She's awful. Yes. She's she's really like that's what well, I'm saying. She like, is the a good she instinct. She's the weak link acting wise. Was performed horribly. And my bad thing is, yeah. is everybody's out of character. Well, Nobody yes. is out. Like, Troy, uh, well, actually, no, never mind. I was going to say Troy is an effective counselor at one point, but frankly, even that's out of character. <laughs> yeah, no, she's, but, she's um, actually been, But she's know, still, like, like, like all those half. weird, creepy talks they have about, I am reading a story about who my Nana used to fuck. Now I'm fucking him, too. Well, Matt, wasn't that your good thing? Uh, not quite. My good thing was a very, very brief moment when Troy comes to Bever's quarters to pick her up, and, you know, it's actually kind of nice and believable that they actually have an actual friendship. Okay, okay that's fair. But, I mean, Troy's picking up all the slack on that one. Yeah. Because Beverly spends that entire scene just, oh, I don't know. Rubbing her I'm just face. going to play with this rose some more. She's oh, always, like, like I'm she's always touching her neck. Yeah. And and she fell asleep reading her grandmother's erotic journals. Yeah, that's gross. Sexy. <laughs> 50, sh- Fifty Shades of Nana. Just wrong. Just yeah. wrong, wrong, Fifty wrong, Shades wrong. of Nana. I know that cottage. when my grandparents die, I can't wait to get to get to their erotic journals. No, that's the first thing I'm going to go for. Forget yeah. the good silver. I mean, assu- the... I mean, assuming the rest of the family doesn't lay claim to them already. Yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully they'll be going for the family heirlooms or the you know the important documents, and they'll they'll forget all about the erotic journals. Yeah, I'm sorry. What do you think? Those are not important documents. <laughs> well, I mean, legal documents. <laughs> No, these are legal documents. <laughs> Legally oh. binding erotic they've, journals. They've been notarized. <laughs> they've been notarized by a ghost. <laughs> ghostarized. Yeah, it was ghost. Ghost that. aroused. Oh, oh God, just so. Uh... Okay. Yeah. Here's my good thing. Okay. Nothing. <laughs> I literally have no good thing. I mean, anywhere in the world. This episode destroyed my belief that there are any good things anywhere ever. Fuck you. I'm not picking a good thing. That's fair. Can't make me do it. Just, it's my show. Can't make <laughs> me do it. <laughs> nope. Can't make me do it. All right, fine. One Come of the on. graves One of the graves said McFly. That was kind of funny. Yeah. 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 That's, that it. That's all I got. I got that. <laughs> I did have to pick one because I've insisted to Matt for so long that we always have one. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for you to pick a fight with me there and... Uh, <laughs> Oh, I don't pick fights. I think you were going to let me slide, but no, there needs to be a good thing. There needs to be some hope in the world. <laughs> nah, I don't know about that. Because, oh, God. Even if it's just a I funny do. gravestone. 
she's she is bad. She is not a good actor. She's not good. No, when no. she's like, is, "What's happening to me?" This is the worst acting I have ever seen from Gates McFadden. Well, because it's the episode that focuses on her more than any other episode. Yeah. So you really get a a, a, a real spotlight on just. I mean, even if even if she had been great, it would have been a lousy episode. But at least we could have said, "Well, she did the best with what she had." There's been no, a few like, like that for Marina Sirtis. Anytime she's doing her scenes with like where she has to act against nothing, uh-huh. she just spends the entire like I her acting is so wooden. Just yep. no, what? Okay, no. no. And and let's be clear, we all think that she is an attractive lady. Certainly, oh yeah, no, this she isn't was like oh in she's gross or something. Like no, she's 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 no, looking she's, good. Yeah. yeah, and still, we were all really unsettled and just, in general, squicked out by these ghost sex scenes where we're just watching her well, stand there, have wriggling orgasms for ten that's minutes. That's kind of my it's bad thing. Sexy. Okay, well, let, let, go ahead. Bever spends about 80% of this episode coming. Yep. Yeah. Seriously. She floods her drawers every ten minutes or so. And I want to make this very, very clear. I never ever want to see Beverly Crusher orgasm on an episode of, t- of Star Trek that is not a continuity heavy porn parody. <laughs> there is a scene in there's a scene in this where she describes an erotic dream to Troy, which by the way is also fucking weird. I mean, Al's one of my closest friends and I never tell him about my erotic dreams, nope. no matter how much he demands. It. And it's one of the most uncomfortable scenes in Trek history, beaten only by Deanna's occasional mind breaks. Well, not, let's be clear about that. Deanna's mind rapes do not happen nearly as often. That's not one of those cliches. Like, that's one no. of those cliches like the stealing shuttlecraft where we thought it happened more. And those it should are never have happened at all. to be uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. But that's that's a fair point. But it only happened, like, I think once or twice, which is once or twice too many, let's be yeah. clear. Yeah. But, but it's still not... Uh, uh, it's still not as bad as this. This is this is. Uh, 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 it's, I don't have the words. It's, uh, it, I have the words. Okay, listen, no, guys, no, we just watched no. this together uh, about about, about mm-hmm. half an hour ago. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me what happened? Like, what was the deal with the ghost? He is. He's they, an they anaphasic a... energy being. What does that mean? Yes, they. Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's one of their bullshit technobabble words that cover up. Who knows? The fact that they don't have a reason for there to be a ghost in Star Trek. How it's does like he live in a candle? 16... Do they ever explain that? How is the candle not melted well, for the past hundred years? Did um, he was he really born in Scotland or did he live on that planet the whole time? None of this is well, explained. He certainly sounded Scottish. Ugh. Magic. Here's the thing: that, that guy's not a terrible actor, and he gave a decent performance in this for whatever he was supposed to be doing. I suppose. Let's let's get back to the made for women thing. Just sure. just for a minute because I wanted to specifically address the fact we've we've mentioned this before as a joke. It's not a joke. Yeah. We go to Memory Alpha when we're looking for an apology. <laughs> yeah. When we want to when we want to see the producers say, "Well, we weren't happy with the way this one turned out." It'd be like, "Okay, thank you. I sat through that for 47 minutes. I didn't like it, but neither did you." So, Okay, it's like, fine. at least you know that you were bad. You had to spend probably three or four weeks making it. So, okay, we're, we're good. Yeah. But um, this one, the, the argument was a lot of fans didn't like this. Those fans tended to be men and hardcore fans. Women love this episode. It's like, really? Okay. I can't believe that's I have more true. respect for women than that. Okay, let me, let, let's put this out there. I was reluctant because I don't want them to be right. I don't want to know that they're right. I don't want to live in a world where this is correct. But... Mm. 
I know we have women listeners. I, I, I know a, a certain significant portion of our of our listenership is female. I like to think it's 50-50, but I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. If if you are a lady, or if you're a dude, but particularly if you're a lady and you liked this episode, let us know. Yeah. Drop us a line. Post it on yeah. at Gmail or find us on Twitter. Uh, it's at A-A-L-G-A-R or at Robot Matt. Uh, just, just let us know that, hey, I did like this episode. You're crazy. And I, I'd love to hear your perspective on that because I don't think that that's true. No, oh, and I mean, because I, I, the, like, they, they've they've had episodes that have gone for a male sensibility. The stuff with Riker's dad, mm-hmm. that's like you know mm-hmm. father issues. That's your you know your field of dreams type stuff. You know your your you know. Yeah, but those should be. I mean, like I was saying, those should be relatable human stories. And, well, that's the thing, and they but, are. Like their target is like we're going to tell this father son story, but because it's good, it applies to everybody. Yes. There should not be an episode where only the women are supposed to like it, and oh no, you don't like it because you're a dude. Exactly, no, that's what I'm saying. Like no, no, yeah, no, no. When I said like this is like like the idea was that uh, making a yeah. directing an episode towards the woman fans isn't a bad thing. Saying this episode is for women and only they will like it that's a bad thing, and that's the direction mm-hmm. they chose to go with it. Saying oh yeah. we're going to approach this episode from a uh, female sensibility, yeah, that's fine. That that could have worked out very well for them. Well. It did not. What they should have done. What they should have done is fixed Counselor Troy back in like season one or two. <laughs> mm-hmm. Had somebody like Ensign Rowe, and then you have good, strong female characters that you can tell good stories with, and you don't have to do they, something. They like had this. somebody like yeah. Ensign Rowe. She was killed by Armus. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Sorry, everybody. I would remember to buy the I Heart Armus shirt. Oh yeah, a couple of people bought that shirt and have uh, have received it and and shown us pictures of them in the shirt, and it looks fantastic. If you want, awesome. To if you want the I Armus Pa shirt, it is, it is <laughs> in our store, and it the, is delightful. The the thing with this episode mm-hmm. is that it's basically a romance novel. Mm-hmm. It is. That's, like it has all the trappings it was a rip-off of, of, a, of an Anne Rice story. Yeah, apparently there's like so, an yeah. Anne Rice story about like a ghost that was seducing all women in a family through the uh, generations. A ghost that was seducing all women. The um, the it got hit on the head and seduced all. <laughs> the, women. the writers of the episode claim that it's based on uh, the turn of the screw, but that makes no sense. That's about a woman who becomes a governess, and the former governess and her lawyer both killed themselves. Her lawyer, her lover. Both uh, killed themselves, and uh, they're possessing the bodies of the children now. Wow, that's some pretty impressive artistic license. Yeah, then, if, if, that, if they read that and got the idea to make this, but like, it's got everything from tr- uh, Bever in a bodice or a mm. nightgown for the entire thing. Which, by that point, we weren't even able to enjoy. No. To the dude, the dude looking like he's on the cover of every romance novel ever. Oh yeah, he looked like Fabio. Yeah. Here's here's my thing. Here's the main right. point of all of this. It doesn't feel like Star no, Trek. No, no, and, no. And okay, you can argue. Well, Star Trek is a flexible format. You can tell lots of different kinds of stories with it. To some extent, yes. The the show you're thinking of when you say that is Doctor Who. Doctor Who could tell a story like this, and it could probably do it halfway decently. It because did, that show, <laughs> that show has ghosts. That show allows for a much more flexible right. genre, and it's not Who locked into science fiction. Anaphasic energy being that has all the same properties as ghosts. We'd be uh, like wibbly wobbly tiny yeah, sure, one. Why the hell cares? not? Yeah, it had a werewolf. Yeah. Oh that's, no, it that was an alien show. that blah blah. Okay, it was a fucking werewolf. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Uh, that show, it doesn't matter because literally wibbly wobbly timey wimey is the explanation for half the shit that happens on that show, and everyone just accepts it because that's yep. the kind of show that it is. Yeah. We we talked about this when we had the Gavs on in our in our crossover episode. 
it's it's one of the things that makes that show so great because it's so versatile and it can do that kind of thing. Star Trek is science fiction. It doesn't have to be hard science fiction. You don't need a perfect explanation for everything, but it has to exist in some sort of plausible reality. Yeah. And no, there has to be rules. Yeah. Yeah. That's the difference between science fiction and fa- oh no, fantasy. Good fantasy has rules as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Good fantasy will have magic that has to follow certain rules. Yeah. Right. But regardless, I, I I honestly think anything needs to have rules like that. Otherwise, what's the point? You can just like there, there's no there's no tension, there's no conflict, there's no drama. You can just bail things out with magic that you never established before if you if you want mm-hmm. to. You know, like it doesn't. And then matter. a ghost showed up and fucked things to work. <laughs> yeah. But this doesn't feel like that. It doesn't. Like, it doesn't... Even going to Gene's vision yeah. doesn't feel like that. What did the weather no. have to do with it? There was plasma a weather machine. something. Anaphasic. Anaphasic plasma energy Keep weather. Up. Yes. Goose. I, they were they were anal phasicking or something. <laughs> I don't fucking know. It just... that's That was my primary thing, was that this... There's, like, two scenes on the bridge. Oh, one scene on the bridge where there's fog on the bridge for no reason. Oh, God, yes. Well, because, yeah, the weather machine on the planet's getting messed up, and somehow that makes fog on the Enterprise. Yeah. I, they had the machine, and damn it, they were going to use it. That was I the... I don't, uh, like, they... Picard walks onto the bridge, and he's like, what the hell? And Riker... Rightly so, he's like, what the hell? And Riker's like, it just sort of rolled in. Mm. That doesn't work. The Enterprise has walls. Yeah. <sighs> but but you got the, the basic idea that it is not a Star Trek story at all then beyond that okay fine let's let's just turn our brains off and enjoy this dumb story the departure it's the seventh season you want to try something new good all right that's fine let's let's try this haunted candle that's the best you can do haunted fucking candle candle. fuck you brown and braga haunted candle you in your fucking face don't forget haunted candle Ah. flame if the candle wasn't lit oh so the candle itself is fine excuse the hell out of me Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll excuse the hell uh, right out of you. <laughs> <laughs> There's, uh, I, uh, I just also I, yes. Also, the scene where uh, Data and Jordy explore a haunted graveyard. Yeah, that wasn't was a joke I made out. when I was screaming at the end. No. Of- nope. <laughs> no, I'm trying to figure out which of them would jump the into the other's arms, arms Scooby Doo style, and it could be either. <laughs> could be either way, really. Yep. You want a Jordy snack? <laughs> That's only funny because Geordie snack sounds funny. Yeah, data yep. snack wouldn't work. Doesn't have the right. Nah. Doesn't have the right no. flow. Nope. So there's a there's a bit where Beverly quits. You you mentioned this. Yes. She just she leaves Starfleet, and Picard's just upset because he's losing his doctor. What happened to all that sudden like all the the romantic like like they've been in love for seven years that we've we suddenly abandoned like discovered and abandoned all in the same episode a few weeks ago. I, he's I not jealous. All that love they were in. Yes, Ugh. he's not jealous. He's not upset. He's just like, huh? You're leaving. Well, that's unfortunate. He's not surprised. All, right, that all of a sudden, there's another ghost on the ship. The ghost of the transporter operator who speaks only in <laughs> very clearly later dubbed in ADR and is not actually in the room. No, see, that's just a cloaked alien. See, and that's a better phased. explanation. It's Ensign Sadzak. Yes, you could at least turn the Whatever camera you say, on. Sir. See, that's a better explanation than anaphasic right there. He's cloaked. <laughs> not just cloaked, but not just cloaked. right up inside yeah. Bever's vagina. Let's become one. I will say this, to their credit, unlike in The Child, when the little light being literally flew right up into Deanna that mm-hmm. way. Um, 
Ronan did uh, just sort of uh, hover all over uh, Bever. Yeah, he does the uh, the Odo thing. going inside. Where he turns into mist and fogs her. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry, you mentioned that his name was Ronan, which I had blocked out of my head for a minute, and I literally just saw red. <laughs> Ronan, with an I. Uh, I checked the spelling, oh. which means he is a, uh, a rogue samurai. A Japanese samurai? Yeah. Yeah, that's quite a Scottish name for someone from Glasgow. Well, nobody... We're from Glasgow and Edinburgh. Well, Mayor <laughs> Ugnaught was the, uh, the guy in charge of the whole thing. I'm pretty sure he's one-quarter Tellerite. That's the explanation yep. for his pig nose. That or he was just born with a pig nose and he's human. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Ronan with okay. an A is um, Irish, so they, they couldn't even uh. get that right. Brian, Irish and Scottish are not the same. I know. That's what I'm saying. They, they couldn't. Okay. They, even if they were trying my, to think of with an A, that wouldn't work. I was going to say, my, my grandfather's spinning in his grave right now, and I should know because I'm reading his erotic journals <laughs> as we record this. <laughs> That's the other thing. It's okay, maybe he'll get p- possessed by a ghost and he- and wake up. Yeah, that also happened. We're... Nana Howard came out of her grave to fight Jordy. Yep. Cause... I prefer the term Grand Bever. <laughs> Great Grand Bever. <laughs> she was an okay Grand Bever. <laughs> yeah, not not the best. I just okay. So we're gonna we're gonna explore her past. We're gonna explore her ancestry. Well, let's see. She's got red hair. She must either be Irish or Scottish. Well, she can't be Irish because then we'd have to hate her. <laughs> so that just leaves Scottish. I'm not sure they don't hate the Scots after watching this episode. Yeah, no. Well, they certainly hate me. I mean, I'm only technically one you know one half Scottish, but uh, that's that's enough. Howard is it? Howard is in, isn't a Scottish name either. It's, it's English. I don't. Don't you remember the uh, the Stooges? Mo Howard was was incredibly <laughs> Scottish. Ah, you knuckleheads! <laughs> now I got to haunt this candle before that old lady gets back. <laughs> I I can't. I can't go on. Do you guys have further points, Brian? Um, you, I'm sure you must have a quote. Uh, I do have a quote. This is uh, like I said, the uh, the out of character, and this is. Um... Uh, Captain Picard being uh, a little too interested in uh, the sex life of Nana Howard. You wouldn't believe what I've been reading about in my grandmother's journals. You know she had a lover? Do you believe that? Nana was a hundred years old. Mm. Seeing that the Howard women have exceptionally vigorous libidos. I think everyone in this episode was a little too concerned with uh, Beverly's dead hundred-year-old grandmother's sex now, if life. they were concerned mm-hmm. about it that would be fine but when he's like oh so she really liked to fuck didn't she that's fantastic Ugh. is your nana a goer hey <laughs> hey know what i mean know what i mean uh, yeah Any... here's here, here's here's the th- here's mm-hmm. the last the last thing sure i don't understand what ronan was trying to do no, like for nothing. everything for all that was happening in this movie in this episode, like was he was he like was he taking life force from these people or like what if he was? No, I like, not. Not. To be like yeah, I was gonna say that. Yeah, and like I mean, there was no indication or whatever that she was in pain or anything. Nope. So I don't get it. Nope. Nothing. What happened? Nothing again. Nothing again. I, there was nothing. What's going on? I I bet. I bet that it's explained in the episode. I bet that you were just so annoyed and frustrated that you weren't paying attention no, that's to the, the stupid, scene where everything long gets explained expository. Yeah, is everybody yelling? Well, I'm sorry, in the but every time they try to explain something, Bever came again. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I'm not. I'm not saying you should have paid closer attention. I'm saying they crammed all that exposition into one scene that you didn't want to pay attention to. Ugh. 
and that that's how I feel about it as well. Yep. I just yeah. I, it probably made sense. They probably have enough of a script editing department that it has to make internal sense, but it doesn't make enough like it's not obvious enough. If you need a long speech at the end, then I think that that's the sign of a poor script. Yeah. yeah. But that's that's Braga for you. This I swear to Christ, I've said this before. This feels like what Voyager is going to be. This feels like the kind of episode we can just expect from Voyager. Well, we don't need science fiction every week. Let's do this. Well, no, you do need science fiction every week. That's why it's, it's Star Trek. It's a show Trek. called Star Trek. Jackass. Yeah. Uh, the original series never would have done an episode like this. Played with stepchildren. And the original series did episodes like Black Cat. The original. Or, uh, uh, oh, Cat's Paw. Oh, Cat's Paw. Sorry. Yeah. I'm not so sure the original series wouldn't have done an episode like this. No, they wouldn't have. They wouldn't have done this. If nothing else, Shatner wouldn't have allowed it because he didn't have enough lines. Yeah, that's true. It would have been about been Shatner reading ghost. his grandmother's erotic journals. Oh god! <laughs> Are you, I actually would probably watch that. Not Kirk, mind you, but Shatner. Now we yes. know. Now we know. No Shatner impressions. That's why we have Mr. Hangus and Armis and stuff, because we we try to go a little off the beaten path. Now we know. Now we know. There we go. Is anyone interested in my grandmother's erotic journals? This episode would have been so much better with Armis in it, and I wouldn't say that about pretty much any episode. (laughs) (laughs) But I would have rather seen uh, Armis turn into mist and have sex with with Bever. (laughs) The erotic adventures of Armis. Yep. (laughs) I've had generations of your women. Let's become one. Oh my god, get away from me. <laughs> no. Please love me. Light I'm that... so lonely. <laughs> light that candle. <laughs> Would you light my candle? <laughs> Do we have any additional things to say? I'm not even no. trying to rush us out the door. I want to make sure this episode gets all the criticism it deserves. No, that's, that's all I got. But I... I don't have anything. No. I. This episode ends with a redhead shooting a ghost with a laser, and it still sucked. <laughs> that is something you should you should love. That is, that is that literally is... the only thing I ever want to look at. <laughs> yep. And still no good. Yeah. 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 Well, I was going to say, my, my usual sort of go-to standard response is it could be worse. I don't think that it could be worse. No. Think of a way. Because I often is... think it could be worse. It could be Beverly fucks a ghost. Well, wait, no. That's what this one is. Yep. I Masks look forward to seeing worse. if Masks is worse. I honestly don't know. I remember it being pretty Because I almost signed but, on uh, for Masks, and time. then I switched to this one. I think Bob's on for that one, because he wanted to be on for Eye of the Beholder, because he wanted to find out what Eye of the Beholder <laughs> actually ended up being. That's understandable. Hasn't, haven't we had episodes be- called Eye of the Beholder five times this series? As a matter, as a matter of fact, we have. Mm-hmm. That's why that's why it's so fascinating. He's like, oh, yeah, I remember that one. No, I don't think you do. No, no one does. Yeah. Uh, next week, we actually have one of the uh, other few good episodes of, of Next Gen in Season well, 7, hey. which is Lower Decks, one of my favorites. Very good one. Um, and and then, of course, another terrible one because we can't uh, we, we can't have we can't have nice. It things. is still season. What's the, other, what's the terrible one? Uh, thine own self, which is data as uh, a Frankenstein. Oh, right. Ugh. So look forward to that. Brian, as okay. always, a pleasure. Yes. Um, I noticed you you were picking up your uh, Disney Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got like a full-time job for the last couple uh, months, so I, uh, I had taken a leave of absence. But uh, it is back on at alldisneymovies.blogspot.com. I um, am going to be actually... I pretty close to the end. Well, yeah, no, I'm, I'm posting a Tangled uh, either tonight or tomorrow, uh, so it'll, it should hopefully be up by the time uh, 
this is her. Right. And uh, is that was that the last well, one? And then uh, the uh, the new Winnie the Pooh movie, and I had already done Wreck It Ralph earlier after, while it was still in theaters. So that'll be that. Oh, I'm going to be doing some uh, supplemental stuff, some uh, you know the the top and bottom ten, uh, the best and worst songs, best villain songs. I'm also mm-hmm. doing a list of the uh, the ten most attractive ladies, and uh, I'm soliciting ladies' opinions, uh, uh, straight ladies and gay dudes who are listening. Uh, if you have any strong opinions on who the hottest uh, men in Disney movies are. Uh, do send them to Arthur Abland at tum, at uh, at uh, uh, Twitter, so um, uh, you can uh, have your votes counted. Uh, Aladdin, very strong showing. Uh, the ladies, the ladies like Aladdin. The ladies like the big pants. Yep. All right, and with that, Matt, we we no longer ever have to watch that episode again. The candle is the oh, fire God, in which we burned. <laughs> so please tell the folks. See you, folks. See you, candle. <laughs> The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2013. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.